Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where we read the rainbow. Eclectic Readers is not associated with reading rainbow. Hey, ladies, how are you? (laughs) Better now. Uh, yeah. Or maybe we should introduce ourselves, right? I'm (laughs) Meredith. I'm Susan. (laughs) I'm Tara. And you know what? Maybe I kind of know how we all are at this point. (laughs) In day whatever of quarantine, we're all a little loopy, but we're here to have some fun, right? (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say, I think starting our our episode and our day with a laugh is the a great way to start completely, anything. So. Completely agree. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe rather than dwelling on how we're feeling right now in quarantine and whatnot, let's just talk about what we're reading. Absolutely. I mean, we are what we read, right, guys? Yes. <laughs> so, Susan, what are you reading right now? Uh, well, I am reading The Wrath and the Dawn by Renee Adie. I hope, I think that's right. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think so. Um, but it's inspired by A Thousand and One Nights, uh, where Charizard mm. uh, volunteers to marry the Caliph because he killed her best friend and countless other girls. But when she starts telling her story and continues to live in the palace, she gets to know the Caliph. So, you know, stuff happens. Stuff um, happens. <laughs> um, it's really good. It's, um, it, it's. I feel like I'm like on a retelling fantasy kick here. Uh, maybe because the real world is just a little too rough right now. <laughs> so, just yeah. finding ways to kind of get away for a couple hours. Um, but I'm enjoying the audiobook so far. So, yay! And I just wanted to note that I just finished Red, White, and Royal Blue. Welcome to, yes. the, welcome to the train. <laughs> and uh, I basically pegged it as the romance that I didn't know I needed. Because right? It was that just is exactly it. So good. And it's it felt so refreshing. And it was just fun. The characters weren't just cloying or annoying or super tropey. Um, it was good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love that book. <laughs> Welcome to the fan club. Yeah, it was, it was really yeah. good. And it 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 helped that like the narrator was just so good. We he have cookies and amazing. custom capes for everybody. <laughs> cookies and custom capes. Or is it robes? Do they get robes or capes? Whatever. That yeah. book is so good. Um <laughs> pretty sure it's robes, yeah, but I'll take a robes. Cape. <laughs> capes are okay too. <laughs> <laughs> um I just see them doing karaoke and like it shining behind them, you know, as they're <laughs> As they're singing. Um, but no spoilers. That That's the only spoiler I give you all. Um, Meredith, what are you reading? All right. So I've got a couple of things going on right now. I'm almost done with Here For It, which is a collection of humorous and thoughtful essays by R. Eric Thomas. And it centers around his identi- identities of being black, Christian, gay, and American. Wow. So he's got a lot of intersections that he's having to kind of come to terms with. Um, Mm -hmm. He's a little bit older than us. So he grew up, you know, in the 90s, uh, early 2000s for college. So kind of, you know, kind of an interesting time to try to figure out yourself. And so, you know, he he grew up in a poor area of Baltimore, but went to school at a private school with mostly white kids. Mm. And, you know, so he's like having to figure that out. You know, he grew up as a um, a Baptist trying to come to terms with his um, his sexuality and his own internal biases, his own. You know, he even says his own internal um, 
homophobia for right. himself, you know? And so like there it's, it's very thoughtful, but you guys, it is so funny. So funny. Oh, you have to get the audiobook because this yeah, guy, well, he, he writes, he writes a humor column for L called Eric reads the news, but he's also like a recurring host for the moth show, which is like a storytelling show. And so like he has a background in storytelling and his inflections, his like, it's, I am walking around the house with my headphones on, like cackling. And I'm sure my <laughs> husband thinks I've lost my mind, nice. but nice. I am just hooting and hollering. So, you know, Susan and I love a good audiobook. Totally. Right. <laughs> we are here for so, this. <laughs> uh, not quite done with that one, but it's been fantastic. And I just started, like yesterday, just into the first chapter Reverie by Ryan LaSala which is pitched as Inception meets the Magicians, and there's a drag queen sorceress, apparently? Excuse me? That's Excuse fantastic. Excuse me? That's amazing. <laughs> right? Um, he, you know, Ryan LaSala is like, I'm here, I'm queer, like, you're going to get some really crazy queer stuff from me. Yes. <laughs> so I'm here for it, uh, which is funny, because that's the title of the other book. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm looking forward to getting to Stamped, Racism, Anti-Racism, and You by Jason Reynolds and Ibram X. Kendi. Sorry. Uh, And it's like a remix of Kendi's book, Stamped, from the beginning. So I think it's kind of geared more towards like high school readers, maybe. It's a little more digestible. Mm. Uh, But it reveals the history of uh, racism in America and inspires hope for an anti-racist future. So I'm really looking forward to learning and working on myself. I love how they're finding uh, sl- simpler ways to uh, give these books to kids because some books are yeah. quite heavy. So having like a teen version is amazing. Um, yeah, I agree. Trevor Noah did that with Born a Crime. He came out with oh, like yeah. a more like young adulty type book for kids younger that can read it and like, you know, it's a little more appropriate. (laughs) Right. You know, so I I love that. That's great. So I'm listening to Stamp from the Beginning right now on Spotify, which um, is being offered free, guys. If you have a Spotify account and you can't find Stamp from the Beginning because it's literally sold out out. everywhere, (laughs) which is fantastic, but also like cannot find it. Um. It, it, it's on Spotify. Uh, the narrator's really good. I'm about four hours in. It is not a thin volume. It's like a 19 <laughs> no. hour wow. book. Yeah. It's, it's significant. But I will say this: like while I think like it's doing a pretty deep dive of history, and it is, it's doing like a really, it's getting in the nitty gritty. But like honestly, that's like my jam. Like that's where I'm like, ooh, yes, give me everything. <laughs> um, I think it's very digestible. I think it, it's told really well. I think the writing is freaking excellent. Um, it's really, really good. Like, really good. That's uh, awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend checking it out, especially since you probably can't find it in a bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm still reading Chain of Gold three months later. <laughs> you will never not be reading um, Chain of yeah, Gold. That's, that's I, a I, big I, book, Tara. I, I am like, <laughs> 50 to 40 pages away from the ending. I'm, I'm, I'm reading it like at least I'm trying to get through like two to three chapters a week. That's my goal. Um, I'm loving it. I, it, it makes it sound like I'm not loving it, 
I am loving it. These characters are fantastic. I I I enjoy even the guys you're not supposed to like. Like I think it's really good. My issue with it is that it's just it's so big to mm-hmm. hold and the oh, words yeah. on the pages are so hard <laughs> right now. Aww. Audiobooks, man. I'm loving audiobooks, but words on pages difficult. Um Speaking of words of pages, though, I am getting through a little bit of a faster pace, a book called Monday is Not Coming. Oh. Um, Have you guys um, heard of it before? By Tiffany Jackson, By Tiffany Jackson. Yeah. 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 I I met her at a book event in, um, was it Decatur? I think Decatur uh, last August. That And she gave a great talk. I actually got the book signed by her. Uh, she's really, and I'm finally picking up. I've been meaning to. It's been on my, it's literally been on my uh, nightstand now for quite a few months. But as we all know, I have been in quite a slump. But I'm, I'm getting through it. And it's about how this girl, they're in eighth grade, and this best friend's, and this girl's best friend goes missing. Right. And as she starts to, and it's a thriller. And as she starts to dig into the disappearance of her best friend, she realizes that people are forgetting her. People don't remember her. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It is. Yeah. It's very chilling. Um, uh, uh, Monday and her best friend, they're both uh, black. So obviously there's, there's a, you know, there's a greater message there on top of this, like, very interesting thriller. Um, it's really good so far. I'm very... In- it's it's a, it's definitely a page-turner. Like, Chain of Gold is, like, this slow burn, like, <laughs> setup book, which is really cool. But, like, Monday's Not Coming, I start a chapter, and, like, all of a sudden, I'm three chapters deeper. I'm like, oh, God, where did <laughs> nice. time go? Um, like, so I it's been really know. nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to know what's happening. Um it's really, it's really interesting. Nice. Um, all right, so before we get into our general book talk for this session, I do have a quick announcement to make, and that is that our next 24-hour eclectic readathon is coming up later this month. Yay! Yay! All right. Uh, it's going to start Friday, June 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those international guys. Um, we hope you join us. We know that reading lately has maybe been, maybe it's been a little bit more difficult for you. Maybe it's been really easy for you. <laughs> uh, but this is the halfway point in the year. So we're we're going to keep this one a little bit more casual than we normally do. Just check out our social media pages closer to the readathon. Use the hashtag, uh, hashtag eclectic readathon. Um, it, if you participate, we're going to have a few challenges. It's going to be really fun. So yeah, join us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Every year I look forward to it. (laughs) Definitely. All right. Other than that, I just want to say happy Pride, everybody. Yay. Yay. I know the world's (laughs) in a weird place and we're celebrating Pride a lot differently than we normally do. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's, you know, different types of gatherings are going on right now. But I want to make sure that we... We focus in on pride and queer stories and all the amazing things uh, that that community does and and has done. For sure. And I mean, things are very terrible right now um, in the black community, but it's like we should also celebrate other communities as well. You know, like we should also still be like, hey, these people are awesome. 
And well, I know end, a lot of people you know. have been been saying that we're just taking it back to its root. You, you know, the mm-hmm. Stonewall Stonewall riots, right. you know, is what started everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's keep it going. Yep. <laughs> and, and that was started by a queer black yep. woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, let's go for it. Right. Yep. Um, you know, first thing I want to ask you guys is what are some of your favorite queer stories in general? It doesn't have to be um, a specific ship. Um, or a specific book, but what are some of your favorite queer stories? So this is really weird, but like the only ones I could really remember were ones that I encountered years ago. Um, I think it's just harder for me to remember more recent ones because there's so much more and I'm reading more diverse books. So it's harder to be like, oh, this, this is what really grabbed my attention. So, so like, what are your, what were your so, first ones? What were the ones that made you go, oh? Like- <laughs> so, uh, well, right now, like, the current one is Sarah and Ava from Legends of Tomorrow because they are freaking adorable. <laughs> I love Sarah. Yeah. I'm not up to date on the current season, so I don't know who Ava is. That's oh, fine. Yeah, but, it's just like, a I very interesting Sarah. line, and they're, they're dating, um, and they're very cute together. And so Aww. it's cute. Um, but, like, in, in the beginning... <laughs> Um, Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune were ones yes! that completely just jumped out of my mind because um, they were great. <laughs> oh, no, they're like, freaking awesome. I was so angry the way they were interpreted <laughs> when it came over to the States. Oh, the BS cousins thing? Yes. They're cousins. Let me tell you what, guys. Uh, cousins don't look at each other that way. Right? And touch that way. <laughs> Like, Never. There's like a very intimate, and it's just with their hands. They're like interlocking oh my God. hands. And it's like, cousins don't do that. <laughs> I can literally see that scene. Right. To this day. I'm replaying it in my head right now. And you cringe. They're talking. Ugh, and I, they, they talk about like, you know, I love your hands and your hands aren't unclean to me. And they're yeah. like doing this. It's a very intimate like hand dance. Yep. Um, and I remember. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. But like, yeah, the American version of it that came over, they're like, they're cousins. I'm like, no, yeah, nobody buys that, right? Yeah, no, nobody. And then another um, couple that stood out to me was Toya and Yue from Cardcaptor Sakura. Um, <gasps> they are Yue, Yukito. Sorry, Yue is the other moon deity. So Yukito, um, totally adorable. Yet again, like I just love them. <laughs> um, so yeah, those those are the ones that really came out into my mind because, especially you know, when, like I was a teenager and even in college, like um, queer books and couples weren't really that prominent yet. We're even like in yeah. books as side characters. I mean, that's what shipping really was right. originally created for exactly. was to give you know fan fiction was to give voice to mm-hmm. you know. A, a, a demographic you just didn't see. Right. I mean, Spock yeah. Kirk is one of the original <laughs> big ships for a reason, right? In like the infancy of fanzines and the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, that they, they were great. Uh, I did want to bring up one character uh, in a it's a K drama um, that I just finished watching, and um, her name is Hyoni. And I want to point her out because she is the first trans character I have seen on a Korean drama. 
And oh, wow. I think yeah. that's wonderful. Uh, her story, she's a side character and her story is like very much summarized. Um, but the fact that they put her in there is great. So I just. And what's the name of the, what's the name the of the show? The show is called Itaewon Class. It's on Netflix. Oh, very cool. Uh, yes, cool. Netflix. Um, it's, it's pretty good. It's very much a Count of Monte Cristo feel. Um, like kid just had like everything against him and he, you know, makes it to the top kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to point her out because it is the first time I saw a trans woman on screen for a Korean show. So that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yay. Progress. I mean, that, that, right. <laughs> that, yeah. Yay. Progress. Uh, what about you, Mare? What are some of your favorite queer stories? So I think I'm, going more the book route um, just because I think that's what was sticking with me more at this point. But I love Rye and Alucard from A Darker Shade of Magic. Uh, yeah. And I can't wait. I mean, uh, Schwab said that all of the characters that survive the original trilogy would be coming back in the second trilogy. They might not be main characters, but they'll still be there. So I'm hoping that we get to see them again and see how their relationship has progressed. Um, I mean, Simon and Baz from Carry On and Wayward Son, (laughs) I think, well, talking about fanfic, right? Oh my God, no, it's so good. There's so many layers to that. (laughs) You could write a literal, like, thesis on the layers (laughs) of Carry On and Wayward Son. And Fangirl, you've got to include Fangirl. That's true. Um, That was the start of it all, right? Um, And then another one that's like a whole group of people from the disasters by MK England. Um, and they are a non-binary author and it's like this really fun space romp and everyone that's in like the group, like the main group of characters, I don't think anyone is straight. Mm. So you've got like trans, <laughs> bi, gay, like all of it is represented and it's, it was super fun. Yeah. So those are a few that I really liked. That's awesome. I, you know, I feel like there's certain authors where, like, their definition is like, listen, unless I tell you, all my characters are queer. Like, just assume <laughs> my characters are gay. Yeah. Um, we'll get to, we'll get to uh, more into Noelle Stevenson in a little bit, but Noelle Stevenson's what definitely one of those creators that's like, listen, unless I tell you they're straight, just assume otherwise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's change the default. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's change the default. Uh, my first thought about this, guys, was Mulan. And maybe that's, like, hmm. a weird one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that, like, um, you know, when I talk to, uh, like, my LGBTQA friends, Mulan often comes up as a story about finding yourself and a story about, like, uncovering what it means to be who you are and if that means dressing a different way, if that means acting a different way, mm-hmm. okay. um, you know? Um, so I, I feel like that often comes up as like from a, you know, youth perspective, somebody that like a lot of queer youth identify with. And I, really I totally get Yeah. 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 Um, and I totally get that. And ever since, I think that was said, I think that was brought up to me like years ago now, honestly. And every time I watch it, like I just like headcanon it. You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <See it now. laughs> um, 
And I, I think it's one. I, I think it's like one of the best of the Renaissance Disney's anyway. Um, ah, guys, the magicians. <laughs> and I wish I could say like the magicians, the book series. <laughs> Yeah. The Magicians the book series is like, hey, there's a gay threesome in this, but we're not going to talk about it. Like, right. it's just going to have fallout for the main straight cup, the, the the main the main hetero couple. Yep. <laughs> mm. Um, not that Quentin isn't, I think, canonically bi in the books. I just don't think it's explicitly. It's just not made explicit. Yeah. In the show, however, guys, the show. <laughs> the show, if you are not watching or ha- it's over now, it's just as it's in itself freaking crime. But if you did not watch the show, The Magicians, get on it. It's all on Netflix now. It is so phenomenally done. And is such has such great representation, and is just the story between. I'm not going to get into like spoiler territory, but the story between Quentin and Elliot and Alice, um, and the relationships that Quentin have with both of them, it's really deep, guys. Like it's mm. like every character so so wonderfully flawed. And so beautiful and and going through a point in their lives. I mean, when I was going through grad school, which is essentially what these guys are going through, I was at a point in my life where I was just totally unsure of who I am and my role in the world. And they're going through that while also having these extremely epic adventures. And that is not lost on them. Like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't just go away because they are you know, going through these incredibly epic adventures, it's really phenomenal. I think all the best parts of the book are in the show, but the show elevates the parts of the book that maybe have, you know, um, you know, it definitely expanded, right? It expanded the books. Yeah, I I mean, mean, after, after book, after, like, season one, they're pretty much out of book terror. They they yeah. use some of the things from books two and three in seasons two and three, but the, the way they handle it is so wildly different that um that they're pretty much out of book territory by season one. Yeah. Now this honestly this might be more of a rhetorical question because I don't know if any of us would have the answer to it, but mm-hmm. the books were written a while ago. Now I don't remember the the year that the first book came out, but do you think if he was releasing them now? In our, you know, in this current climate, mm. would they have been more queer? You think? Oh, what a great question! Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the pub date for the magicians, because I have Google. <laughs> <laughs> the pub date for the magicians was two thousand and nine. Oh, so wow! It's eleven yeah. years ago. Yeah. Do I think that Grossman mm. would have? I don't know. I think. I think the magicians. The book is honestly more about the mental struggles of Quentin Choir. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I think that's actively the point. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure how much more room the books have for an extended plot line, but maybe, maybe he would have. Yeah. Uh, I think definitely the world has uh, shifted in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, fairly significantly. So, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's quite possible. But that is a good question. Yeah. 
what could have the been? thoughts you have early in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, I I, I want to like echo real fast before we move on from Susan, like your first foray into um into queer stories. I think definitely also came from Saturday morning cartoons or after after show cartoons, which um I agree. Sailor Uranus, Sailor Neptune, obviously, really Usagi and all her friends though. <laughs> like Usagi just like blatantly crushes on everyone she meets. Um. It's yep. it's adorable, but like it's fairly blatant. <laughs> um, but like honestly, for me, Gundam Wing, Troa Barden, and Ketra Winner. Oh, they were so like, sweet. Oh my god, that I I didn't even know what shipping was when I saw Gundam Wing yeah. for the first time. I I was too young and did not understand this complicated world. But I, if I shipped anything, if I had any ship, whatever my first ship was, it was them. I was like, I, I mean, I was more of a hero and duo personally. That was my couple in Gundam Wing, but I love Tro and Katra too. <laughs> well, mine was canon, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, Hera, Hera duo was great too. Um, yeah, it was just, oh, that stuff. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good. and I mean, I like, I was really into anime, you know, when I was younger. Um, but I mean, they were more open. In that sense, in that sense, you know, so I was able to see it sooner in that way, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Then, then like your typical American television, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us to the next section, which is popular books and popular movies uh, that have like queer themes or or queer characters. Um, I think something's really interesting about you know something I want to say before we start this is that I think. A lot of times, the books we read are more MLM, MLM, and the content we get to sort of uh, intake from shows and movies are more WLW. I know we've brought up quite a couple examples that contradict that, but I, <laughs> I think when I like sat down and really thought about it, like there's just so many more examples of wlw that i can name in current in current tv and like current media mm-hmm. um and so many more examples of lmm books that i can think of um what about you guys what do you think when you think of current media um i think you have an interesting point um yeah just th- thinking about it and then like another show just popped into my head hollywood that just got released oh, on Netflix. hollywood was so good yeah. yeah. Um again it's more male male focused, MLM focused. Um I, they I do have finished, I haven't finished the series oh. yet though. So All right, then I will I will stop. <laughs> I almost said a thing. Yeah. And I, like, will... I I haven't finished yet. <laughs> um so for right now I only have the one couple. Um uh so that also came to mind. Um and then for books, like I was thinking of Evelyn Hugo, the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and that's very much mm-hmm. WLW. Mm-hmm. Um, so but, it, yeah, so yeah, I'm thinking maybe we've read more than these, but we read Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda, Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe, and the secret or the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, like the three longest titles of the books we've read. <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> are all you know gay i guess um two are mlm mm-hmm. one is 
WLW. Yes. I don't know. Like, yeah. But I, I, I know what you mean, Tara. I, I don't consume a lot of TV and movies, but it almost seems like, I don't know if it's toxic, toxic masculinity or what it is where people feel more comfortable seeing women be affectionate mm-hmm. than two men. I don't know. Well, let, uh, let's use, I, I think, an easy way to, to I, I think, like, the thing that really, like, highlighted it for me was in kids' cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, kids' cartoons are really queer now, which is great. <laughs> um, or they're starting to be, right? We have Steven Universe. Um, we have She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. We have uh, the Dragon Prince. You know, those are mm-hmm. three off the top of my head. And while She-Ra and the Princess of Power certainly do, do have two side characters, um, Bo's dads are in it, and they mm-hmm. are adorable. George and Lance are so cute. Um, all three of those shows, the main, uh, the, the, like, the, the queer couples are women. Yeah. Hmm. Right? Yeah, I don't, it's very interesting um, because now that I'm thinking like back in the day, uh, Kura's Folk came out first. Before Um, the L word. Right. That's true. The L word came second. Mm -hmm. Kura's Folk was like, but Kura's Folk was like on like HBO at like 10 p.m. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) The L word was on Showtime, so. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like interesting, like with the breakthroughs, it's like, oh, this male dominant show came out mm-hmm. first and then opened the doors to that end hannibal came out before killing eve mm. but i would argue that killing eve is way more popular than hannibal ever oh, was yeah. the fact that we yeah. got three seasons of hannibal you guys is like a miracle <laughs> to me that show is so amazing but like so so intense um <laughs> but it's phenomenal but like essentially killing eve is the like lady version of hannibal um just without the wild references right wildly popular it's so good yeah (laughs) it's worth it yeah i the only thing i can think of maybe could be male you know male toxicity um and then if in the kids shows it's mostly women because maybe it's like it's okay to show more affection which is like not a great message to boys (laughs) quite honestly Yeah. (laughs) yeah um well, wasn't there some, and maybe I'm wrong, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, wasn't there some controversy about on Disney Plus they were supposed to have some sort of spinoff of The Love, Simon uh, as a show? Oh. And then it got pulled because they were like, oh, this isn't family friendly. And people mm. were really upset I did upset not about hear about Me that, either. but I yeah, would I be upset about that if that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe if we keep talking, I can try to find something online about it. But I feel like I remember hearing something about that and it got mm-hmm. picked up by someone else. But mm-hmm. people were up in arms about, well, what do you mean it's not family friendly? It's you funny know? because like a good example, like Glee, right? I yeah. think there's, yeah. you know, you had a, you know, Darren, Chris and oh, Chris Colfer oh. and Chris Colfer. Thank you. Um, playing, you know, one of the most popular couples yeah. mm-hmm. in that show. And then you have the the Santana and Brittany. I, mm. I feel bad because I don't know their actors' names, but I knew the actors' <laughs> names for the other couple. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, then you had Santana and Brittany, 
And I think that the Chris, the Darren Chris, Chris Culfer couple was way more popular than the Santana Britney oh, couple. Yeah, but I actually sure. think the Santana Britney couple was like amazing. Like to put those two characters in a relationship, like two cheerleaders, like, um, you know, high femme. Like I thought that that was really, you know, I, I thought it like really broke. You know what it could be? A lot of stereotypes. Uh, now that you're saying that, what it could be is that, like, when we were in college and on, like, like I said earlier, Queer as Folk came out. So, like, mm-hmm. there were a lot of shows coming out with MLM, very, very much, like, male gay characters. And I think there came a shift where it's like, oh, these people did male gay characters. Like, we're going to do something different. So it's going to be women, you know? So I think now it could be a shift in the opposite directions. Like, oh, I don't want to be like this show. We're going to do something different. How about gay women? <laughs> you know? Totally different. Right. <laughs> 100% different. Um, I think, like, the thing that it, it just comes to me is that, um, in general, there's been a positive shift. You know? Yeah. We're seeing way mm-hmm. more characters, way more stories out there. Um and, you know, I think in general it's been positive. I think, though, that there's just room for more equality in general. I think oh, sure. especially, as we talked about, I, I think media consumed by children, as great as Shira is, and I think, Susan, you and I both watch <laughs> Shira and the Princess of yeah, Power. Yeah, I, I watched it. It's freaking awesome. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Steven Universe. Steven Universe is amazing. Like, just an amazing, inclusive, phenomenal show. Uh, as as great as those shows are, you know, there's just additional, you know, I, I think that we we just need to, there's still room to be better, you know? There's always yeah. room to grow and room to be better and, um, you know, not to be afraid to make interesting choices. Yeah. You know, one last thought, because <laughs> mm-hmm. now that we're talk- more talking about this, I'm you know, chewing on it more. Um, what if, because in books, women, it's usually women writers who do the MLA, MLM books and main characters. Mm-hmm. And what if, I mean, obviously women can write WLW books, which is fine. But what if, even if men authors, male authors had the idea of a WLM, WLW, well, um, relationship, what if they're just shot down? Because it's like people will take it as you having some sort of fantasy. Um, Hank Green wrote in an absolutely remarkable thing, a WLW story. I don't think anyone's giving him. But that's very did recent. He, yeah, very recent. And did he get away with it because she's bi? Right. You know what I mean? Oh, mm-hmm. God. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's so many layers. Exactly. Oh, yeah. man. Um, oh, you, you a- can't. Okay, dude, you can't write women kissing and in love that people will think you're trying to like achieve this weird fantasy. Like you can't do that. Right. I, I hope that's not true. We, we've had, you know, I think, I think own voices is great, but I, I do think that there's room for the ability to write mm-hmm. things that are not, that are not you. And I think there's Agreed. ability to write interesting stories. I mean, obviously you need sensitivity readers. You need mm-hmm. people who are going to check you, make sure you're doing it right. But I don't think that should make you afraid. I don't think that means if you're a white man, the only thing you can write is a white dude. Well, guess who controls um, it does what mean, goes out? 
Yeah. It does mean, though, that if you write anything but a white dude, or even if you write a white dude, like, editors are important, um, but if you write, write anything other than a white dude, you should do it well, mm-hmm. um, and you should make sure that you've got people you trust reading it and giving you tips and telling you, you know, whether something's realistic or not realistic and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just yep. making your book better. But I think that's all writers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll um, be interesting to see how these next few years go, because I feel like we yeah. are getting more and more of those stories mm-hmm. and then to see what the new trends are. Yeah. Um, I did find an article in The Hollywood Reporter about the show. Oh, OK. So it says the Love, Simon TV series is on the move, officially titled Love, Victor, the project that was developed and produced for Disney Plus will make the jump to Hulu. Love, Victor is set uh, to debut during Pride Month in June and revolves around Victor, a new student at Creekwood High School, which is the same school from the book. Um, It shows Victor on his own journey of self-discovery, facing challenges at home, adjusting to a new city, and struggling with his sexual orientations. Sources say that Disney thought the half-hour comedy featured more adult themes than it was comfortable featuring on family-focused Disney+. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they just got released. I see why they're iffy, but it's like, come on, guys. I mean, clearly, I it's don't more, see why they're iffy at this point. It's more adults anyway than kids, and who cares? <laughs> no, the movies, this listen, The Simpsons are on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You don't have a leg to stand on, right? That is my personal <laughs> opinion. <laughs> well, I mean, they're they're going to be streaming Hamilton. Yeah, they're going to be streaming summer. Hamilton. Simpsons literally has people choking each other and like physically hurting each other. You can't have a smart, you know, comedy about a kid finding love. Like, I'm right. sorry. But that would be mean, the moneymaker. They don't know if this show is going to make the money. <laughs> but then why did they go through actually develop? I don't know. But anyway, yeah. it's it's crazy. Yeah. But like teenagers and adults, like you were saying, watch Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. that is the audience for it. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're just they know they know Simpsons give, brings in money and subscribers and stuff like, you know, it, it's unfortunate. Like, but but if yeah. you're going to have adult content on your on your streaming, just own it. And yeah, if you're if you, <laughs> yeah. which Simpsons is adult content, that is an adult cartoon. Like there's no one who could argue that the Simpsons is not adult content. Um, having a, you know, essentially a YA teen comedy romp um, right? with some adult <laughs> themes. You don't have a leg to stand on if your reason for yeah. passing on it is that it's too adult. And I mean, they have um, other movies. They just don't showcase it. You know, like I watched Sister Act and Sister Act 2 when it first came out. Oh, and Sister Act and Sister Act 2 definitely have adult themes. Yeah. A lot of adult things. Yeah. I mean, so. they're covered Maybe, up by some really right. phenomenal music numbers. Right, right. <laughs> Which is why I watched it, clearly. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, maybe they're just being really cautious on original content. Yeah. It's just we, sad that it's yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. If that's the case, I just disagree and yeah. think it's kind of cowardly. <laughs> well, and if you have Hulu, I guess you can go watch Love Victor. And I do have Hulu, so I will. <laughs> also, that's where you can watch uh, the old episodes of Killing Eve if you haven't uh-huh. caught up on that yet. Um, all right. So last but not least, I want to know it's Pride Month. I know that we three, especially the three of us, really love our themed reads. We tend to read things in bunches. Um, what do you have on your TBR this month to read by the end of June, guys? I don't have one. 
Oh, it's fine. It's a weird time. Um, well, and I just, I realized way back, I was like, I can't plan for a month. Like my mood changes, like something happens and it's like, I just go on a whim. I love that there's so many diverse books coming out because I'm just like, ooh, that sounds good. Ooh, that sounds good. Ooh, that sounds good. Like, <laughs> And it's just like, there's just too many. I'm overwhelmed. So I just read a book. I set it down. I take a few days. I'm like, what can I read next? And that's how I, um, you know, make my decisions nowadays. But I do have some recommendations for your TBR. Um, Give it to us. Yeah. Um, so three out of the five gentlemen on Queer Eye came out with memoirs. Um, Jonathan, Tan, and Karamo um, each have a different approach at how they live their lives. Um, and they're all interesting. They're so different of how they struggled with their identity and came out and lived their life. Um, Jonathan was very much uh, personal with substance abuse. Um, Karamo was um, how he dealt with abuse and having his sons. Tan was dealing with racism in England. Um, and they all, how they all just struggled to try to like make it in the world and find their voice is really good. And none of them are very long and they all narrate their own books. So, Yay. Oh, yeah. nice. I love when memoirs are narrated by the author. Yeah, especially Jonathan because I just hear him it's just like, yes, this needed to be heard in Jonathan's voice. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so they're all good. Uh, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda by Becky Albertalli. That was really good. And speaking of kids stuff, um, drama by Raina Telgemeier. Telgemeier. Um, she does a lot of graphic novels. She's been doing the graphic novel adaptation adaptation of the Babysitters Club. Um, oh, cool. oh, right. Yeah. And so she did drama and it has a it's very much a coming of age story centered around this one girl. But one of the side characters um, is gay. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, just like you'll figure out who. <laughs> um, and I think that's great. Like, and it's, she is so good at writing for young, the younger audience that I think it's a great book to start a middle grade kid on. Um, and then going down even younger, I have to say a day in the life of Marlon Bundo by Jill Twist. And it was uh, on the the Late Show with John Oliver. That's the bunny. <laughs> yes, That's the bunny yes. book. The bunny yes. book. It is, <laughs> it is delightful. It's so good. And then the audio book, because there's an audio book, even though it's only seven minutes long, and by like all these like celebrities, um, Marlon's voice is done by and I don't know anybody's names. I am so sorry. Um, by the, what's his, his name in Big Bang Theory. Um, he was Sheldon. I don't know oh, his name. crap. Yeah, um, what is his name? Yeah. <laughs> um, he does the voice of Marlon and he does such a good job. And then the man, um, in Modern Family, this is so terrible. I don't know any celebrities' names. <laughs> um, uh, the man, Modern Family, um, he has the, the red, the red hair. Um, he does um, the other bunny's voice. And then John Lithgow, that's the only one I know. John Lithgow <laughs> does the stink bug's voice, who's supposed to be like Pence. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. 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 So, so good. So good. Thank you, John Oliver. <laughs> so that's like, uh, it needs to be on everybody's bookshelf is all I have to say. Sounds like it. <laughs> I know. All right. What about you, Mare? What's uh, your, what's on your bookshelf? So on my shelf right now, hopefully I'll get to it again. I'm kind of with Susan. Like I make a plan at the beginning of the month and then I rarely follow it. <laughs> um, but I have a book called The Gravity of Us by Phil Stamper. And it's an MLM love story of a teenager who uh, has to relocate to Houston for his dad's Nash- NASA mission. So it's like mm, he doesn't go wow. to space, but it's like got astronauts and stuff and Cool. You know, neat. boys figuring themselves out and falling in love. Um, I'd also like to get around to reading some of Robin Talley's books. Um, I own one, which is Pulp, but she writes historical fiction lesbian books. Uh, and so I, I own Pulp, but I am also very interested in Lies We Tell Ourselves, which is a biracial lesbian story set in Virginia during the civil rights movement. <laughs> oh, hey. So, Yeah. <laughs> Timely in many ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yep. Many ways. Um, so I just bought, and I'm waiting for it to get here from my bookshop purchase, is You Should See Me in a Crown. Mm. Yes. Yep. Which I'm really excited about. Um, it's it's about a... Uh, it's about a black man character, essentially, who's like growing up, I think, in rural... America who doesn't think yeah. she has a shot at um prom queen but then something happens and she decides F it I'm gonna run yep. um yeah I believe it also has something to do with she needs some financial aid for college and apparently there's a yeah. scholarship if you mm-hmm. win okay right 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 so she's like all um, right well I guess I'm <laughs> right. doing it let's go um the the cover looks so joyful and everything I've seen from the author has been just so joyful. She mm-hmm. cosplayed as her own character and went to her high school dressed up in this like great orange tux. And so like, I'm really hoping the character at the end is wearing an orange tux and just very mm-hmm. like excited to read it. It looks adorable. I can't Cute. wait to get my hands on it. <laughs> um, then something that's been sitting on my shelf for a while is what if it's us, which is like, a it's an MLM story. It's a meet cute um, where like these two people, they're like ships in the night, right? Where they keep meeting, but like there's always something else going on. Like there's an X or there's a this or there's a that. And, and mm-hmm. it's about their story of like love and friendship. And yeah, I'm. it looks adorable. And everyone says it's really cute. And I think like that's what I need right now is something adorable and really cute. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about that. And the other one I'm really excited about is I just got a notice that I'm going to be receiving an advanced reader copy for Cinderella is Dead, which, like, I'm just going to read you the description because it sounds like just wildly phenomenal. It's 200 <laughs> years after Cinderella finds her prince, teen girls are required to appear at an annual ball. There, the men of the kingdom select wives based on the girls' display of finery. Sophia loves Aaron, and she would rather flee than go forward with this tradition. When she finds herself hiding in Cinderella's mausoleum, she meets the last known descendant of Cinderella. Together, they decide they must bring down the patriarchy. Nice. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Queer girls bringing down the patriarchy is basically what I need right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Let's 
go. Um, really, really excited about it. Um, we did ask our followers on social media for some book recs, and I just want to name a few. Mm-hmm. K's World One said, We are always here. From drag queens and discos to black holes and monsters, these stories and poems wrestle with love, loneliness, and the fight to be seen. That sounds amazing. Um, I, it's not, I've added it to my TBR when I read this. It was just sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bookish dog recommended George, said it was a really gentle book and great on audio. As uh, I said, we're always here for a good audio book. Yeah. Um, and then I am Amanda Banana said, call me by your name. Uh, she said that they that they did the audiobook and that uh, it really stayed with her. So uh, great, yep. great picks. Yeah. Um, I do have to do one more rec because it's Pride Month. Everybody go watch Pose. <laughs> I need to. Oh, yes. Yeah. I can't believe I haven't it's yet. I like literally so can't. But. Good. So, 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 so good. So, what channel is it on? Uh, I watched it through Netflix. The first oh, season's okay. on Netflix. Cool. Um, but I think it's an FX show. Okay. Or something nice. like that. But it's phenomenal. And it is like the perfect time to start watching. So yeah. <laughs> pose. Throw it out there before we end this. <laughs> Fantastic. So we threw a lot of recommendations at you listeners. Uh, so make sure you check out our show notes at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 84. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find the podcast on Goodreads, Litzy, and Instagram at Eclectic Readers or at Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. And where can listeners find you, ladies? Listeners can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, Litzy, at Rudy Kaicho, R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. Tara? Listeners can find me on Goodreads and Twitter under my name, Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads under Mare the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. Please subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode, like the um, little episode we released you know as a surprise earlier (laughs) this month um where we have a lot of black lives matters uh information for you to check out so please go check out those show notes Mm -hmm. uh please rate and review us on apple podcasts and we'll see you for our discussion of the gifted school later this month and also hopefully for the readathon too yeah Yeah. Uh, and i think that's it for this month happy reading happy Happy reading reading. (laughs) 